0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to Lola Pops Off About Dramas with your host, Lola. Welcome, welcome back, everyone, to another episode. And as you can see by today's title, I'm throwing it back to Shining inheritance, or as it's also known, Brilliant Legacy. I am super excited <laughs> to talk about this drama because this was a commitment. This was a time commitment to rewatch this drama. So I am definitely ready to talk about it so I can get my, you know, due time on this one. But I am super excited to also just say that this season so far for Little Pops Off About K-Dramas podcast has already been one of my favorites <laughs> and it's just a couple episodes into the season i have been having a blast rewatching these dramas um and even just going back and finding dramas i want to feature in this season have been has been a joy for me so i am just so grateful that i'm you know getting this opportunity to do this um because I feel like you guys are also letting me do this in a way (laughs) because like technically this is not what you usually guys come for you come for like the updates on the latest um dramas that are airing and instead I'm kind of switching it up on you guys and doing this and yeah I still feel like people are enjoying these episodes as much as I am and so I'm just so grateful that you guys are letting me do this uh, because it really is something I feel like I'm just doing for myself at this point. But if you are also enjoying this, let me know. Please let me know if you're enjoying these episodes because I'm just like the feedback has been really good because it's just making this season even I'm more motivated to continue with this season than I think I've ever been with this podcast. Like it's just been really fun and I think this is why I needed this season and I'm sorry that I'm rambling already at the start of this episode because I didn't want to do that because I have a lot to talk about about this drama but I wanted to just kind of preference um, you know now that I've kind of done a couple episodes of this throwing it back style I wanted to Just let you guys know that I'm loving this and I hope you're loving it. And if you're enjoying, let me know. Tell me what dramas you want to kind of probably hopefully see. And I am up for all of that. But I also wanted to mention that don't think that I'm not watching currently airing dramas as well, (laughs) I am still squeezing in a couple here and there. Um, And I'm, but like I said, I'm being very, very particular. Like I'm, I'm being very picky about these dramas. I am not standing for any drama that I'm just kind of like, uh, it's just okay. No, these are have to be dramas that are currently airing that I am super into. So um, I will have coming up soon for you guys an update on what I've been watching because I feel like I haven't done that for you guys in a while. So on a ramblings and musings episode. So that should be coming at the end of the month. So look out for that so you can know kind of where I've been with the currently airing dramas. But without further ado, let's talk about Shining Inheritance. So I like to start in these throwing back episodes with a little bit of production notes about the drama so we're starting with the director who wrote it when it was released um, cast and some of the things that they've been in in the past and then go into a plot summary and then I'll get into my initial thoughts while watching this drama for the second time my um, midpoint thoughts while watching this drama and then also my final thoughts and then at the very end I kind of let you know I kind of answer these questions uh, that I'm asking myself like you know what I recommend in this drama um does is there merit in re-watching a drama like this or going back and watching this drama from 2009 um and what are my kind of favorite parts of the drama or my least favorite parts of the drama so I will end the episode with that and just like with the other episodes there will be spoilers um I don't think I'm gonna spoil anything that's gonna really take away from the enjoyment of a watch a first watch of this drama but do proceed with caution (laughs) that there may be spoilers that may make or break this drama for you. Um, But I also you know, I, I don't think this the experience of watching this drama, a lot that happens, you know, I'm not gonna go into much detail. But yeah, so let me just go ahead and get started with the director. So Shining Inheritance is directed by Jin Hyuk. Um, and a year before this drama, which was um, 2008, he did The Painter of Wind. And that drama also included two of the stars in Shining Inheritance. And that's Bae Su Bin and Moon Che Wan. I would love to do a rewatch of this one, but I don't know if I have time for it but a side note um, um, he's also directed Prosecutor Princess, he's pr- done one of my favorite dramas of all time City Hunter, he's done The Master's Son, he's done Doctor Stranger which if you know how I feel about that drama, you know how I feel about that drama, he's also did The Legend of the Blue Sea um, he most recently did Syphus, I think the myth and he has some up- upcoming dramas as well so he's been actively directing for a while now, he's Still pretty active in the game. And my favorite by him has to be City Hunter. Oh my goodness. You know, I love me some City Hunter. Okay. But anyway, now the writer of Shiny Inheritance is So Hyun Kyung. And I believe she did Prosecutor Princess as well with um, the same director. She also did 49 Days, which has basically been in it. She did So Young, My Daughter. She did Two Weeks. She did Second Twenties, and she actually won, um, I think, an award for like, a K-drama award For best screenplay in 2017 for My Golden Life. So she's been writing for a while and her writing has been awarded. I would have to say that 49 Days is definitely one of my faves. Um, And she's a writer, she's a writer of that one. So gotta shout that out. 49 Days, love that drama. Um, And then I wanted to let you know that this was released in April. Um, It was April 25th, to be exact, of 2009. And I am finally watching, you know, throwing it back to a drama that I watch while it was airing so this was a drama that I showed up for every single week and it was a weekend like Saturday Sunday style drama um, but not in the same sense but anyway I'll get back into that in a little bit but it was a beloved drama while it was airing and during its airing it stayed in like the number one spot in the ratings and it had uh, the highest rating of like a 47 something percent like it was pretty high at its highest so very very good run for shining inheritance now Let's move into our cast. And I'm excited to talk about our stars here. So first up, right off the bat, we gotta talk about the queen, Han Hyo Joo. She's one of my Pisces queens. <laughs> um, and some of her great dramas are Spring Waltz, back in 2006. Um, she also did Il Jime, which is also a great drama. Dong Yi, I've done a Throw In It Back episode with my friend Squash on that one. You know I love me some Dong Yi. Um, she's also did W, Two Worlds Apart, which which was questionable, but her and Suki together were a dream come true. Also, she did happiness and a lot of people love that. It was just, you know, I barely made it through, okay? But it was also not bad at all to me. And then moving one of my favorite uh, mm, couples of the year last year. So definitely. um, And you know what's crazy? When I was looking at her in this drama from 2009, she was like a baby, super baby face. But then it made me think about her in Moving last year. And I was just like, she looks no different. She hasn't aged a day. She still has her gorgeous little baby face. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, she's not aging. Um, But yes, my favorite from her would have to be obviously Dong Yi. Um, Love, loved her in that. And, and I did, like I said, do a Throwing It Back episode with my lovely friend Squash. So do go back and and listen to those two because um, we had to break it up in two parts. It's a 60-episode drama, so brace yourself. But super, super great drama. And she was also in that drama with Bae Su-Ben, the, who is the second male lead in this drama. Um, and so that's just a little... And she was also in... Dongi with Bae ben who's the second male lead in this drama and for some reason in both scenarios and as far as like they're he kind of plays like her love interest that never comes to be so it's weird that they have done this twice never gave us a full actual you know love story drama for them and I was like kind of sad about it but anyway um next in our cast I have to pull up is Lee Sung gi Congrats on him on the birth of his child. I think he just had his child a couple weeks ago at the time of me releasing this or recording this. So didn't plan that at all, but... Congrats to him. Um, But I have to say, when I was going back over his dramas, I was like, I've seen a lot of his dramas. I was quite surprised by how many dramas I've seen of his. Um, But you may know him from things like My Girlfriend is a Gumyo, The Greatest Love, The King Two Hearts, Gu Family Book, A Korean Odyssey. Um, He was in Mouse. I didn't watch Mouse, but I have watched a lot of it. And he also has been in um, two movies, and one of them, he was in um, that movie with Moon Chae Wan, who is the other actress in this drama. So everybody's been connected. They've worked together multiple times, so I kind of love that whenever I see that in a kind of actor's filmography, that they have people that they've worked with multiple times. Um, But yes, and my favorite from him, I think, would definitely be The King Two Hearts. I... Love that drama. So that might be one that definitely is getting a rewatch because I haven't watched that since it aired, and I I feel like I need to go back and revisit that. But anywho, love me some Soongi. Now let's go to Moon Chae Won. Love her. Can you tell this is one of my favorite like cast round full stop. Like I love each and every one of them individually. Um, so can you imagine having them in a drama together is just like ideal. But Moon Won, she is such a drama queen. And when I say drama queen, I really just mean she loves her dramatic roles. Like she does best when she's like distraught and crying. I'm, I'm sorry, that sounds horrible, but she does. Um, but she's been in the game since 2007. You know, she's been here for a while. She started with a high school drama called Mackerel Run, and it has you guys' fave in it. Emin Ho, I know how you guys love him so much. <laughs> I'm being facetious because I know you guys, nine times out of 10, when I talk about Emin Ho, I get, he's, he's overrated. And I'm like, wow, man. I, I, you guys don't like him. <laughs> so hands up to anyone who actually likes Eamon Ho, let me know. Um, just just want to take a poll, quick poll. Um, and she was also in The Princess's Man, which was a huge drama when it was airing. Also, The Innocent Man, she did amazing. And she was in Good Doctor, which obviously, you know, got a Western um, spinoff, I mean, spinoff, Western remake. Um, Flower of Evil, one that I have yet to watch. So, could be on the list for this year. And she was most recently in Payback from early last year. I absolutely loved her from The Innocent Man and The Princess Man. I mean, I watched Good Doctor for her. Like, I love me Simone Wan. And like I said, she was also in a movie that I liked with Soongi. And she has worked with the mother um, that, Plays, the actress that plays her mother in this drama, *Shining Inheritance*, she's worked with her recently in *Payback*, and they were in a mother-daughter um, kind of role again. And so I thought that was so so cute when I recognized that. I was like, oh my gosh! Um, yeah, little small tidbits. And then now, last but certainly not least in my cast list here for *Shining Inheritance* is my bay. Bae Soo Bin. I have a thing for the, the, the Bae's. I'm going to be honest. Bae Su Bin. Now, if we were to start the counter for what actor will appear the most in my Throwing It Back episodes, right now it would currently be him. He's in my episode about Dong Yi. He's in my episode about Secret Love. And now he's in this episode about, you know, A Shining Inheritance. So it's like, you know, if you need to know anything about him and me, that should tell you something right off the bat, okay? I think I sort of loved him back in the day. When I saw him in a drama, I knew I was going to be in for a torturous but memorable time. Each, each time, each time without fail. I mean, he's in things. Let's just start listing some of his dramas. Fashion 70s, The Painter of the Wind, Brilliant Legacy, of course, or Shining inheritance Temptation of an Angel, Dong Yi, 49 Days, Secret Love. He was in the movie Memories of the Sword. He is just one of my favorite actors. I can actually say that proudly. He's often, unfortunately, a second male lead, but I think that's why I can peg him as one of my favorite actors, because even... And roles where he's always second male, or he's just like, you know, supporting character, he still stands out to me. And I'm not just saying that because he's actually very gorgeous to look at, but because his characters themselves, what he brings to his characters, pushes them to the forefront for me. And I adore him. I think that's a skill to be someone who's supporting cast and to be kind of not you know main and yet you find a way to make your character stand out and be memorable for the person after they finish you know like I always feel like I leave dramas with him in it like man his character though that was a good character and it sometimes isn't even the character it's just his portrayal of that character so I'm I'm I don't know how he picks them. The last thing he, I've seen him in, I I dropped the drama, so I'm not going to bring that up. Um, but you, you know, you know. But I definitely miss him and what he used to do for dramas for me back in the day. I don't know if he's kind of just like, you know, done his time and he's kind of just, you know, he, I don't know. I miss him. I miss him. But I think I'm having a good time revisiting dramas with him in it. So he might be in another one. Let's just see. Let's just see. Hey, let's just see he might be in another one of my episodes but right now if the counter starts he's the actor that has been um you know appeared most in my throwing it back episodes thus far so love you base <laughs> but anyway now let's move on to the synopsis of this drama and this one of course I always pull it from some random you know drama wiki site Uh, so it's always the best written but we'll get into the actual nuts and bolts of the drama as i keep talking about it now this starts with during her visit home from studying abroad go un sung's father is declared dead from a gas explosion. Her stepmother takes the life insurance money and moves out with her daughter, Yu Soon-mi, leaving eun and her autistic but musically talented brother Unju without money or shelter. Soon after, Unju goes missing, leaving eun devastated. And then we have Jang Soo-jang, who is the head of a food company. And after encountering Eun-sung, she is touched by Eun Sung's compassion and work ethic. However, she has a very spoiled grandson and her supposed heir to her food company, Sun Woo Huan, But she is often very, very hurt and disappointed by him. And now, after Sukja's interaction with Unsung, she brings Unsung to her home and announces that Unsung will become the new heir to her company. And this understandably upsets her grandson, whose previous encounters with Unsung have already led to some animosity. To complicate matters further, Wan is Sung Mi's first love and marriage target. So that is a very shoddy kind of synopsis of this drama, but it does get the gist of it. We kind of get introduced to our main players. So now let's just go straight into my initial thoughts, which will probably be kind of, um, I broke these the episodes down as far as how I wanted to think about my initial and midpoint and final thoughts. So episodes one through 10 are kind of like the initial starts of this drama. And then midpoint, I'm looking at 11 to about 19. And then rounding out with my final thoughts, we are talking about episodes 22, um, the end. So now let's start with kind of the those initial thoughts. And I want to start with the setup of this story, being that it is 28 episodes. It was aired during the weekend. So it has a very family style weekend drama look, smell, taste like it breathes family weekend drama just the way that it's shot but to me it's not quite a family weekend drama i mean obviously 28 episodes is usually very low for the family weekend style drama that's usually we're hitting 50 <laughs> hitting 60 sometimes 120 so it's not to me that full experience of a weekend family drama and i think the drama knows that and it does itself justice by kind of identifying that and and forming the story not around so many characters. I think that's the difference with some of these family weekend dramas where it feels like you are following five different families and five different homes and you got so many different players and so many different interactions between those families. And it's just a lot sometimes, but it's not not the case with this drama at all. This one focuses on our main two families and those main characters in those, and that's it. We don't have a lot of other moving pieces, and I really appreciated that. I feel like that's its strong point, and to me, that's what kind of really sets it apart from the real family-style drama. So I feel like people who don't like those weekend dramas because of the length of them or whatnot, I think this is a good, happy medium for sure. But now that we're talking about characters, let's talk about our characters in this drama. Let's kind of pull them all out and kind of go off of my thoughts when you initially meet them. Mind you, this is a rewatch for me. So I know these characters to some extent after I started the rewatch, but it's been years, okay, since 2009. So it did feel a little new to me in a way. And I kind of, Appreciated that. I really did. So let's start with Hwan and Unsung. So, Hwan is the grandson of our grandmother. I'm going to be calling her grandmother. I'm not going to be calling her by her name, uh, but this is the Sukja, who's the head of a food company, uh, president of a food company. So, Hwan and Unsung, when we meet them, they are both on a flight returning to Korea from study abroad, I think in like New York. And they don't know each other, obviously, but when they arrive, they immediately Get off off the wrong foot because they get their bags switched. Their bags are identical. They end up switching bags at the airport and instead of Juan being like, oh, our bad. Let's let's make this switch happen. He immediately accuses her of trying to steal his stuff, steal his bag. Because he is wealthy. He comes from a very wealthy background. His grandmother spoils him. So he has a, he moves about in life, in his spaces, and interacts with people with an air of arrogance (laughs) and an air of, I can do bad and nobody else can. And he treats everyone who is not his direct kind of like people as you know the dirt on the bottom of his shoe. That is just how he is initially when they meet him, and obviously when he meets Unsung. Now, when we meet unsung she's also not in a position of you know poverty or being poor. I mean, she's coming back from studying abroad. Her 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 brother goes to piano school because he's a, like a savant, and then we have you know her father running his own company. So she's also not someone who's not doing bad for herself. You know, she's doing pretty well too. So it just is like he immediately kind of, you know, attacks her and assumes like she's some thief. And it's like, absolutely not. Unsung is not a thief. But she's coming back for her reasons of getting her brother so that they can go back to America together. She wants him to go to a school in the States to kind of nurture his, you know, talents and abilities. And then we have Juan who's returning home by not because of any reason of his own he's only returning back home because he's been forced to by his grandmother and when he gets home he finds out that his grandmother wants him back because she wants to prepare him to take over her company she wants him to get you know get his hands dirty start working for the company learning about the company so that he can take it over but she is immediately met his grandmother is immediately met with just absolutely not rejection i will never take over this company. I have no desire. This is, this is not something I have planned for my life. Why would you even assume if I get the company, I'm going to just sell it immediately. Like this is stuff that he is saying directly to his grandmother, the minute he comes back home. And so that's our introduction into these two characters. We have a very spoiled um, uppity rude, selfish jerk of a guy named Juan. And then we also have Unsung who is, you know, out of the goodness of her heart, ready to come back, to take her brother back so that he has a better living situation or, you know, a nurturing situation for his talent. Um, she loves her father. She is such a daddy's girl. Um, she is, you know, kind of hmm, about her stepmother and her stepsister, but she's very kind to them on paper. And so you just get there complete opposites right that's the thing how she's so welcoming to her family and loving of her family and then you have Juan who's like why am I even back here like how dare you ask me to come back here you know and so that is something that the story the drama does for us immediately it sets these two characters up as kind of like the antithesis of one another they are kind of complete opposites and we are supposed to view them that way and the story forces us to do that Now, other characters that we meet in the beginning, obviously, are Junsei, who is Played by Su And then we also have Sung Mi, who's played by Moon Che Wan. And these two characters are already intertwined with Wan. They already know him. Junsei grew up with him because his father, who is a lawyer, works for his grandmother's company. And then Sung Mi uh, met him at school when there she was younger. And so ever since then, he's taken her underneath his wing. When everyone else thinks he's a kind of like haunty and rude and mean, He's only nice to her, and so she feels special because of that. And so she's latched on to this man. This is her, this is her ride or die. She loves this man. Okay, she won't let him go for anything. But you do get to see their interactions being more on one side, one of a brother, older brother to a actual younger sister, as opposed to Sung Mi viewing him a completely different light. So they're already intertwined. And then Sung Mi, of course, is Unsung's. Stepsister. So they grew up together, but they went to different schools. Unsung got to study abroad. You know, they're different, they had different experiences growing up because they um, joined families when they were quite older. So they, you know, Sumi had already had her relationship formed with Juan in school um, as opposed to Unsung. Never, never knew him. Never met him. That's just how they were, kind of separated in this kind of united um, this family that came together. They were still kind of living these individual lives, and um, which you know makes sense to some degree. Now, 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 I cannot mention those four and their interactions and their and their kind of initial meeting without mentioning the stepmother <laughs> I'm going to be calling her stepmother throughout this but it's basically Sun Ming's mother and Eun Sung's stepmother she is the evil stepmother like if you wanted to define an evil stepmother character in a drama that is her but when we start talking about the story more and her role in this story I I have some thoughts on her that I think maybe be weird because I, I think the way that they initially position her in the story and how the the viewers end up viewing her, I think, you know, they're a little, it, it contrasts. It, I mean, I think it kind of conflicts a little bit, but yes I will be talking a lot about her as we keep going um and talking about the story but I wanted to mention those four just so we get the way and so just a little bit about Junsei and his character though specifically and then I'll talk about Sunmi in a minute Junsei he meets Unsung at the airport because his friend drags him along um who knows unsung from school or something like that and so he ends up meeting her and immediately when he meets her he is kind of like Drawn and kind of like, oh my gosh, I like her right off the bat. It's not love at first sight, but it definitely interests at first sight with unsung and Junse. And Junse is a doll. He is a sweetheart. If there ever is a sweetheart male character, he is a um, you know Eddie long legs. As in, he makes sure that he's doing whatever he can to make sure she's good throughout this drama. He is there. So. I don't have anything else to say about his character really throughout the rest of this. I'm just gonna tell you upfront, he's perfect and he's perfection. Even when he has a moment to not be perfect, he still makes the perfect decision. You know, like that is Junsei through and through. Is it a little stock? Maybe, maybe it's a little stock character. Maybe it's a little kind of like, there's not much growth, uh, you know, Uh, but performance wise, do not count su Bin out. The performance of Junsei now did wonders but the character on paper itself does seem a little flat. It doesn't seem as round as the other characters. Now, Sumi, I would say is a character with uh, with some depth, okay? <laughs> Sumi is a character with some layers. And this is because she is actually I don't I don't even know how you would describe her. I, she's she's weak. She has a weak backbone, I would say. Like she stands on this thought that she loves this man named Juan. He's the one for her. He's all that she needs to survive and make it in this world. She needs this man. That's her everything is Juan. And so everything else that surrounds him or things that will threaten that, she starts to grow a backbone for, okay? Previously, it's kind of like she's soft-hearted. She's kind of weak-spirited of like, okay, maybe, when, which is the opposite of her mother. Her, her mother is not that at all. Her mother's like, whatever I need to do to make sure my daughter is good and happy, I'm going to do. And me and by default, starts to kind of get swept into that where it's like my mom is conniving and scheming, so I think I need to connive and scheme as well. And it comes naturally, like it's almost in her blood when we start seeing it sprout from her when originally you don't see her as that, you don't view her as that. She looks like an absolute sweetheart. She really does in the beginning. Then all of a sudden you see these moments where it's like, you are your mother's daughter, okay? We we definitely see it. And I love that about the Sumi character. I love that. So when I say she has layers, she has layers, she has depth. When you think you you know her, you think you're gonna you know know what decision she's gonna make, she switches on you and she does something else or she does the thing that you think she's gonna do, but you then you feel like she's justified for doing it. So I really, really loved that character just in general. And I wanted to get that out of the way because I feel like I'm not gonna give her as much attention as I keep going through the story, but I want to upfront and say in comparison to June say she is a much fuller and rounder character. Now, let's just go into the first kind of major happenings and episodes like 1 through 10 in a way. So after we get all of them and their initial meetings, and we kind of get introduced to our characters, we get introduced to a lot of how would you say um, soap opera, <laughs> some very soap opera moments. Um, I mean, things that set off the story, that make the story what it is. But they're, you you kind of gotta suspend your disbelief just a little bit <laughs> in the beginning for some of the things that happen. So one of the first major things that happens, and that's, I said in the synopsis, is that. Unsung comes back and after just finally getting settled and things started to, you know, get situated her father ends up quote unquote dying. And I'm saying quote unquote dying because spoiler alert her father isn't actually dead. So with that kind of thing, you're like uh, an explosion, like he dies in this this random explosion, you know, it didn't make any sense. But comes to find out, it wasn't him. His just his identification was there. So they because explosion was so bad, they couldn't actually physically make out who that man was. They just had the identification there, right? Because he had gotten still gotten robbed that morning or something like that. You know, things like that where you're like, oh, of course that happened. Then the other kind of like major thing that happens is that Unsung after her father dies, it's a whirlwind. And the whirlwind includes her stepmother immediately getting her out of, getting Sung and her younger brother out of her life. So she basically takes the insurance money without Oum really knowing that her father even had an insurance claim out there, um, she takes this money and then she convinces them that they need to leave. She gives them a little bit of a little chump change and she's like, go figure it out. And after you do this to Um Sung, who just moved back from America, so she doesn't have any place in Korea at this time. She's just moving back, and she has a brother who is autistic. She is running the the streets trying to figure out how she's gonna find a place to live and take care of her brother. In the process of her figuring all that out, her younger brother ends up running away. And not really, okay? Because the gag is, he doesn't run away. She kind of. They, he kind of gets lost um, one night um, when Un Sung is not there to watch him. Someone else is watching him. And after that happens, who does he run into? His stepmother. And when the stepmother realizes that Unwu remembers her her car license plate, he remembers her phone number, he remembers the address to where they used to live because he has a great memory, she is terrified that they're always gonna be able to find her again and find her and sue me again. So she's like, I have to get rid of him because I don't want anything to do with these two because I basically stole their money and am living my fabulous life on their money. So she thinks of the, the worst idea to take Unwu and abandon him far outside of Seoul. So once she does that, of course, Unsung doesn't know what to do with herself. She's she doesn't have a place to live. She's working at a random nightclub trying to make money. And her brother, who is her life at that point, is gone. Is missing, and she can't find him. And it's just evil at play. Like that's something that this stepmother starts with. Again, very dramatic situation though, where it's like this. Her brother goes missing. The other dramatic thing that happens all in the first ten episodes again is that. Unsung after she, you know, has left to look for her brother with no money and a barely a place to live, she is left in this position to finally meet our grandmother. This, this head, this company, this president of this company. And the thing with the grandmother is that, again, her grandson and her granddaughter and her daughter-in-law, because her, um, her son has passed away, she is just dis- disappointed by all of them because she re- realizes at some point that, you know, especially after her grandson returns home, that they have no desire to carry on her legacy. They have no desire to continue to um, keep her company running with her values in mind because the minute she decides to bring her grandson back and tell him this, he says, oh, if you give it to me, I'm selling it (laughs) immediately. I'm just going to sell it. I'm going to flatten the the building and turn it into a mall. You know, he tells this to his grandmother, to her face. So she is distraught. And after hearing this, she kind of like, I don't want to say have a, has like this break but she does have this moment of like she wants to go back to her roots and so she goes out and she goes to a place that is very special to her and it's a place where she used to go and sell food with her little son on her hip and so she goes back to this area in town um, to do so and this is where she seeds our unsung and unsung is Doing the same thing that she remembers herself doing years and years ago. Unsung's on the streets. She's trying to sell something. She's trying to make a quick buck. She's like, you know, because she comes from a culinary background because um, that's what she was studying in America. So she's like trying to sell her little food and she's just doing what she could do to make it buy. And the grandmother sees this. But unfortunately, the grandmother has a, a, a fall um, while that she's, you know, interacting with Unsung. And Unsung sees her and immediately kind of take care takes care of this older woman because she's, you know, obviously falling down the stairs, she's bleeding, she's unconscious. And Unsung being the doll and dearer that she is, immediately, you know, takes this woman to the hospital. But the woman wakes up without her memory. She doesn't remember who she is, where she's from. And so Unsung feels responsible for her. And again, she takes her into her kind of run-down apartment that she has been living in by herself while she looked for her brother. And this grandmother, while regaining her memory, she is, you know, um, not easy to live with. <laughs> she kind of gives unsung a rough time, and unsung takes it all in stride, um, and she takes it all in stride because she feels like this, this grandmother's giving her company while she's been at her lowest with no one. And so she actually welcomes the grandmother. Um, and living in her space. And the other thing that we see during this time is that the grandmother regains her memory while she's living with Un Sung and yet she starts to test Unsung. She starts to kind of do things to make Un Sung upset or things to kind of make her lash out and abandon the grandmother. But Unsung doesn't. She everything the grandmother throws her away Unsung takes it in stride. Um, even when she's distraught and she's crying and she's upset and she yells at the grandmother, she still is like, but I'm not going to kick you out, you know, because I know what that feels like. I know what it, that feels like to be abandoned and, you know, pushed aside and kicked out. So she does everything that the grandmother. she passes all the tests that the grandmother puts her through. And that's when the grandmother sets everything up um, for her to basically move in with her family. And she does find out that her you know, Unsung is dealing with the you know, loss of her, her father, but also that her brother is missing. So the grandmother makes a proposition. She tells Unsung, hey, I will help you find your brother. I have the resources to, to scour the country, to find your brother. And in helping you find your brother, I just would require you to live with me. She said, I also will give you a job at one of my restaurants, you know, so it, you'll be taken care of. But I need you, you know, I will do this for you if you live with me. And that, of course, leads to tons of backlash from her family. But Unsung, who is desperate and knows that her priority should be just finding her brother, she takes that offer and allows herself to be subjected to the family hating her um, completely. And that includes the grandson. Juan. Now that is all the beginning of this drama. And when I say like episodes one through 10, that is really like a big, you know, the beginning of this drama. Now, as you can see by <laughs> the midpoint of the drama, I was like, hmm, it's when I realized that a grand romance has yet to start. We're, you know, at the, when I'm at the midpoint, I'm like, we're midway through and Juan And Unsung are now rivals. They're even more enemies than they were originally at the beginning of the drama with the whole debacle with the switching of the um, suitcases. So I was just like, okay, what? Did I think there were going to be a a grand romance in this drama? I think I remembered there being one. But maybe I was wrong. I've been wrong before (laughs) if you listen to my previous Thorn Back episode. So I was just like, oh my goodness, we're already halfway through and there's not... There's no romance in sight, um, and the thing about them being pitted together, you know, pitted against each other. That's our grandmother. She decides to pit the two against one another because she declares that Sung will be the one who actually inherits her company, and she does not give any, you know, she doesn't allow for any backlash. She strips away all the things that she provides for her family, um, her granddaughter, her grandson, and, her, and her, her daughter-in-law. She basically is like, you guys need to work. I'll give you allowance, but I you know, no credit cards for you, no car for you, none of that. All you get is to live in my house and, uh, you know, warm meals. But other than that, you have to make your money yourself. And this is new to her and her family. She's never done this before. She says now she realizes, you know, how bad she's been to her family by allowing them to become so spoiled in a way. And so she basically pulls that all from them and they are not happy about it. So a lot of the midpoint of this drama is her family, her grandson, trying to basically figure out how they're going to be different. And it's not easy for them at all. And at this midpoint, I'm still quite invested (laughs) in the story. I mean, like I said, the story at this midpoint, I realized, is not about a romance at all. And to be honest, I was wondering why ever may have thought that <laughs> because it is so much about this woman's legacy and who she believes can actually help uphold the legacy once she's gone. And that's what the story is really about. And I don't think I remembered it just like that. I think I remember this, this these two are unsung Sung and Wan, and there's kind of grand romance, but it's not about them falling for each other at all. But while we do see Unsung and Juan in the midpoint of this drama starting their battle against one another for, you know, who's going to be the heir, it isn't really a vicious battle at all. It's just one of those kind of like thing where the two are grumpily working together at one of grandmother's, you know, restaurants. And it's just them kind of like, you know, arguing back and forth. But they're never really mean or vicious to one another. So that is a great kind of like, for me, someone who enjoys enemies to lovers, that's how I like to feel. I like to feel like there's a way to come back from the the enemy part. I, if you guys are just like absolutely horrible for, to one another, and then there's like this grand love that's supposed to come from that, I have a really hard time believing that. But I realized when I was watching this, like, this is why I probably really enjoy their relationship forming in this drama is because it starts from this enemy's place, but it's never a really vicious and horrible you know, place that they come from. And so I like that. I, I really did like that about their interactions. But we also get to see in the midpoint of this drama about Unsung's father, because remember, he's supposed to be dead <laughs> and he's not. Um, and he realizes that he got has gotten away basically with insurance fraud in the sense that he took out that claim and was hoping that it would support his family once he was declared dead. And he didn't really plan it out to that extent, but he had been pressured by his wife, their, you know, his unsung stepmother about ways of figuring out how to secure His family's financially because that is why she really married him. Let's just be honest. The stepmother's very upfront about this to some degree that the only reason she marries is to gain financial stability. Sprinkle, sprinkle. So I just have to say that that is one of the things she is a part of her character. She does not deny that um, to a lot of people. And so when she starts to show her true colors, when Unsung's father. Um, company starts to fall and collapse in the beginning, that is what kind of sends him to do something like take an insurance out just in case something, you know, mysteriously happens to him. He feels like at least then my family will be supported. He doesn't, and he's like, if I kill myself, obviously they can't, they get an insurance, but he does want to, you know, if something were to happen kind of thing and something does. So he ends up, you know, realizing like, I can't just show back up and and you know do whatever but he does find his wife he goes he's like i miss my family i want to find them i want to see if they're set up i want to see if they're okay and he is looking for Unsung, but he can't find her so what you know who does he find instead his wife and she is horrified <laughs> for many reasons. One being that she could get in super like tons of trouble because she has used that insurance money and that, you know, she has kicked out his his two children. And he it's like, where are they? So she being the mastermind and the the master liar that she is tells him tons of lies about what happened and she's just like you need to leave, you know, me really alone because if it's discovered that you're still alive and you're hanging around me, then I, you know, I'm going to get in trouble cuz I, you know, cashed in on that insurance. And so he takes it as, okay, I guess I have to just like be okay with the fact that I can't be with my family. And then she tells him about, you know, oh yeah, and your your daughter and your son, they're in America right now she ended up going back and everything's good but she hasn't gotten contact with me so you know like she gives him lies like this and he he really believes that so he's basically takes on this life of kind of like just living on the streets. And in the process of living in the streets, he does end up meeting say who really kind of helps him, but they, and they kind of form a bond. But say doesn't know who he is um, and he's never around him when unsung's around. But luckily at some point in the midpoint of this drama, he finds out that Eun Sung is in Seoul. He, she is in Korea. He sees her from afar on a bus. And after he realizes this, of course, he's like, wait a minute. She lied to me and I need to actually find my daughter now. I can, I can get to her. And so he starts a hunt to find his daughter for real now, while his wife, who, you know, isn't his wife kind of thing, is trying to convince him that she's not in soul. She's, I mean, she lies through her teeth. I mean, pathological. Like she will tell you, if you tell, if you told her the sky is blue, she will Argue you down that the sky is not blue. The sky is yellow. What do you mean the sky is blue? How dare you believe that the sky is blue? Why would you even insinuate the sky is blue? Like, that's she's a gaslighter to the She's a liar to the I mean, she, her, the stepmother's character was such a struggle to watch because it was so frustrating. Like, if you were on the receiving end of those lies, I would, I would scream. And she does it to everybody. She does it to the unsung all the time. When unsung finds out, you know, I'm okay, let me. I'm getting ahead, but anyway, the, something else we get to see at the midpoint of this drama is that Juan, all bet a jerk, um, for so much of the drama, but all bet Him being jerkish isn't all that bad. <laughs> is actually quite endearing in a lot of ways and a little adorable. And I love that about this Guan character. It's like, he's never too bad on paper. Like he's not at all. He's actually just kind of more like immature and grumpy. Um, And so when we're watching him in this midpoint of the drama, he starts to look for reasons to be around Unsung and almost begins to look up to her and is inspired by her, which, of course, seems to be the plan, really, from the grandmother's perspective. It's going to get him around good company. Um, and while he's feeling that way and drawn to Unsung, she becomes this character that makes him want to be a better person. And it's glorious it's glorious so though the romance is not there at all still in the midpoint of this drama the like that begins from Juan's side of things is just so lovely it really is and it's so subtle and it's gentle and it's quiet and it's just like him doing these really cute little small little things and it's just really nice to see his character be um just so soft, (laughs) so soft in these moments with her. And yet they still are very testy with one another. So it's like, you still have that kind of love hate that's really fun, but it's really muted. And I think that's the best part of their relationship at the midpoint of this drama. Also, and again, the midpoint, we're talking about episodes 11 through 19. So these are quite a few episodes. We also get to see Eun Sung is progressing and working while she's still missing her brother. And she's trying to find her brother. And when they get really close to finding him, they actually locate where he was abandoned. But the minute they go there, of course, she misses him by a hair. And he ends up, you know, back in Seoul. But definitely a place that she would never know or never look and it's such a frustrating part of the story I'm going to be honest because her brother finds you know ends up back in Seoul and of course he ends up back in the most unbelievable place and it's one of Juan's friends takes him in and it's just so like what he's right there but you know she it's so frustrating because he's right underneath her nose and she doesn't know it um but she also during this time after she locates her brother where he originally was abandoned this helps her figure out that her stepmom was the one to abandon her brother she has enough to believe it right she knows uh, there's a lot, a lot of signs a lot of things that she knows like this is obvious my stepmother is a horrible person why would she abandon him like she didn't have to like abandon she, she could have just took him to police station why would you drive him all the way out of Seoul and abandon him like that um but she doesn't have enough evidence to really you know prove this so when she confronts her stepmom about this of course her stepmom argues her down to her face. She's like, I can't believe. Why would I do that? What would make me do that? Why would I have, did you see me go there? Did you see me abandon him? Is there footage of me? Like, that's how she talks to her, and it's so annoying because it's like, we all know you did it! And she gaslights her to the 10th degree. She's like, are you sure you're not mad at yourself for losing him? Are you taking that out on me? It's really you that you're angry at. You know, that's how she talks to what I tell you. It will drive you mad. It's very triggering if you are in a situation I'm sure that you have experienced something like this not just from like a family perspective just in general the amount of gaslighting this woman does and lying that this woman does it is triggering I'm telling you but again this is all in the midpoint of the drama and also while we're getting towards the end of this drama you know from this midpoint we also get to see Juan and then Unsung realizing that there might be more to their relationship than just bickering and you know fighting. It might be a little bit more. There's a lot of fondness there and there's some attraction. And while they're kind of slowly figuring this this out, we also see other people figuring this out and those two people would be Sung Mi and Junsei, who both respectively have feelings for the for the other. So I mean for the for one of them. So Junsei has been all over Unsung and trying to convince her to be something, but she's definitely, it's like, I got more things on my I have two things too many things on my plate. I don't have time to think about dating and being with someone. That's just not an option for me. While Sung Mi is trying to make you know, a marriage with Wan happened. She's been trying to convince her mother to convince his grandmother, like, we gotta get this ball rolling. And Wan is just like, I never said that's what I wanted from you. And it's really hard for those two, obviously. But Wan and Unsung, they're slowly figuring out that there may be more to their relationship. And that is something that you enjoy seeing at this point in the drama. But it is, be- but you can see it grating on Sumi Mi and Jun Se. Um, but more so on Sung Mi Sai, who starts to take on some of the traits of her mother, trying to secure her place in Hwan's life. Junse, he's not that bad. He just keeps going up and approaching Hwan and kind of yelling at him, like, don't do it. You're not good for her. You're not going to, you're just going to hurt her. He's, you know, trying to talk Juan out of it. He doesn't do that with Eunsung, Sung, obviously, because... She doesn't have the immediate you know recognition of her feelings for Juan but Juan he's he's getting pretty you know clear about his and June says like let me stop you right now <laughs> let me stop you right now um but yeah the minute like I said Sumi finds out and she tells her mother now the mother lashes completely out she goes for the jugular when it comes to unsung she's like oh no I got to ruin this girl's life to the 10th degree to make sure my daughter gets what she needs. And so she goes to the grandmother and her family and she lies through her teeth. When I tell you this scene, I wanted to fast forward through it because I was like, I hate this. I hate this. She lied through her teeth and she had her daughter. She had Sumi right next to her and Sumi's just just nodding her head, knowing everything is a lie. And she's basically just like Unsung's. She's a conniving little witch who knew what she was doing when she took you in. She knew what she was doing. How could she not know who you were when Sung Mi grew up talking about Wan all, all her life. She talked about her. She has pictures with him and your family. How, how could she have not known you and your family? She's conniving. She did all of this. She approached you for the inheritance. She knew what she was doing. And man, when I tell you, I was so upset because you could see how everyone that she, you know, she took this out. She was saying this to grandmother. She was saying this to um, the grandmother's daughter-in-law. She was saying this to um, her granddaughter, who they already felt some kind of way about her. Then she's saying this with Juan there as well. So he's like, wait, she knew who I was this whole time. You know, so everyone's like second guessing what they thought about Um Unsung, who seems to be on paper, a doll, a gem, everything that grandmother wanted in her granddaughter, you know, in her grandchild, like she's everything she needed and more. And this woman's telling us the complete opposite. And so it just, it was so frustrating to watch that moment when she kind of breaks that down. But now, let's get into the final thoughts, the final kind of eight episodes of the drama. And this is after this kind of whole breakdown of um, Eun Sung, who basically kind of, you know, flees from the grandmother's house after that part. And she's like, you know what? I don't want anything to do with this anymore. I don't even know how to... I know they're not going to believe me. I don't even know what to say, you know? (laughs) She's like, I don't even know what to tell you because she comes with, like, these made-up receipts, you know? That's how she's able to convince a lot of the family. So after this kind of horrible scene with Unsung basically, like, giving up, she's like, it doesn't really matter. Like, they're never going to believe me. What we get instead is the grandmother and Juan not believing it. And I loved it so much. Like they were like, mm, the the girl that I know, Unsung, just don't it don't sound like her. It does not sound like her at all. And I think that is just one of the things I think make you really, really fall for his character even more towards the end here. It's just like how he's like, I I know what I know and what I know. And what I know is that does not sound like her at all. And grandmother, of course, she's like, I trust my intuition. I read this girl. I tested this girl myself. Like, I know, I know for a fact, deep down, this girl would never do this. Like, they stand up for her and because of that when Mi and her mother thought they were she was going to get fired from the restaurant that she was working with grandmother with that she was going to be pulled from the wheel and the inheritance wouldn't be hers when all of they thought that was all going to happen it doesn't. She keeps working at the restaurant Juan is still there next to her and they're like what? You know the plan didn't work it didn't work. Obviously her daughter-in-law and her granddaughter still feel horrible about Unsung, but Our grandmother, and our Juan. They do not. They do not buy it. And so we get to the end of the drama in the final eight episodes. And this is where everything kind of comes to a head. So we have Unsung and Juan who are starting to recognize their feelings for one another. And it's beginning to show really bad that they have feelings for one another. And then Eun Sung's father is now at the point of desperation, you know, looking for his children. So he approaches his wife, Unsung's, you know, stepmother, and he tells her, I'm going to confess. I'm going to turn my in. I can't live like this anymore. I want to g- regain my name back. Like I gotta do the time. If I gotta do the time, I don't care, but I can't keep living like this. I want to actively be able to openly search for my children because she, again, isn't helping him, right? Find her. He, she knows where his children are, but she, he's not, she's not helping him. Um, so he copes her and, and that freaks her out. And then you have Sung Mi and Jun who are starting to realize that they don't stand a chance with, you know, with unsung Sung or Wan now. And Sung Mi is taking it the hardest. She is really down bad. Like she has scenes with her just laying in bed and her mom's like you gotta get up, you gotta, and she's like I can't, leave me alone. You know, she is hit the hardest. Junse, you know, he's he's moving and shaking still. He's still in unsung's life. He's still appreciating her, still taking care of her, still just being there for her um, without pressure, which I have to give it up to Junse. He, as much as he, you know, like everything he expressed, he expressed it to Wan. He never expressed it like that to unsung and I kind of really appreciate that about him. Um, but it is episode 21 and I'm calling out the exact episode because it's 28 episodes, this drama. We have been watching this drama from episode one to episode 21. And it is in 21, the confession from Juan <laughs> to, to Eun Sung. Finally, he confesses to her how he actually feels about her. But Eun Sung immediately lists off the reasons that they should never be. She said, nope, 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 nope. Here are the reasons why we will never work out. And the scene, of course, is like, they have all been on this kind of work trip, um, all four of them. Of course, they all end up on the work trip together. And Unsung goes for a walk, you know, as the sun is rising in the morning. And so does Juan. And as they're going for, you know, they're not going together. He kind of, you know, stumbles upon her on this walk. And he ends up confessing to her. And she immediately, after she rejects him and, and tells him, no, 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 he chases her down because he sees that she's wearing this necklace that he had bought her that she had originally rejected he had just kind of bought it for her like oh she had lost her necklace that her mother had gave her so he wanted to replace it for her because he couldn't find her necklace he was like well you know Here's, an, here's another necklace, You can you wear this one, you know? And he tried to throw, you know, brush it off like it was no big deal. But she really thought it, was, it meant a lot. And so she was like, I don't want this. I know what this means and I don't want this. And yet he sees her during this morning wearing that necklace. And that's when he's like, oh no, I don't buy it. So he chases her down and he exclaims on this shaky bridge because they're kind of at a distance at this point. He says, who cares about all of that? When I believe in you, when I like you, when I want to be with you. I know, it's so sweet. And then they finally have a kiss. Episode 21, we get a kiss. And it's just like, (laughs) it's like the end of episode 21 too. So it was like, oh my goodness. And when I tell you to go through such a long game like this drama is and to have this moment, it felt so, it really did. And I'm like, that's, I miss those days. I'm not going to lie. I miss those experiences of watching dramas and just like the long game, like when you're watching like the slow build, Oh, I, the slow burn. It was so good only for episode 22 to start and she immediately is like absolutely not she still she pushes away from his confession and his kiss and she's like no and she walks away so pitifully you know like so sad and he's left crying on the shaky bridge and you know guess who's of course looking at him crying uh yeah sing me she, she sees this, of course. Of course she does! What? It wouldn't be a drama if she didn't see him. Um, so yeah, and then the next happenings in, in this kind of end of the drama after this kind of grand confession is basically where Eun admitting after, you know, she admits that she likes him but also that she doesn't have time for that. You know, she admits this to her friend. She's like, yeah, I know, it's I like him. It's, a, it's fair to, for me to say that, but I don't have the time. I still have to find my brother. She has to prove her innocence. And she still has to just make a living. She's still just making, you know, ends meet. And this, again, is an example of, like, her maturity versus Juan's. Um, Because throughout the entire drama, they're constantly compared. And this was just another moment of, like, him throwing everything out the window, being like, why does it all matter? I want to be with you. And she's like, that's all great and dandy, but." I got bigger fish to fry and you and I are not it, you know? And so it just was a constant thing that you kept looking at throughout the story. But at the same time, you start to recognize that they're both not wrong. You know, that some points you need to live your life in the moment. Right. You know, sometimes it's like, I got to go for what I want right now. And then other times you have to live your life and kind of the real reality of like, I got to deal with whatever keeps me happy and safe and healthy right now. I can't think about anything else. And so I, I thought it was nice to have both of those kind of pit against each other, but knowing that you need both. You need both. You can't be both. You can't be just Unsung and you can't just be Wan either. And I liked seeing that. Um, and then we also have in the end here, you know, um, our evil stepmom plotting and scheming with um, the lawyer who's Junsei's father, mind you, um, of the grandmother's company to find a way to take the company from her. And then, of course, force her family and mostly Wan to hate Unsung again. And so she got she always got a plot. She always got a scheme. She, always, she like, my first one didn't work. I got another one for you. And this is something that they're able to really get under the way because grandmother was diagnosed with um, Alzheimer's when she originally had her fall back when you know, the beginning of the drama. And so, and no one knew this except for grandmother and her like her right hand man. So no one knew this and Eun Sung didn't even know it, but it kind of, allowed for them to have like a, a, something of a leg to stand on when they think about removing her from the pre- being the president of the company cuz they already didn't like that she was trying to hand over her entire company to a stranger they're like who is this girl how dare you but the whole point was that she was going to prove that she was worthy of it by having her work and and doing working hard for the company and proving herself and making big moves for the company that was grandmother's plan but you know they're like nope we want to take the company from you we can't you can't we, we can't trust you But as with the ending of the story, let's get to the very end. If you don't want to hear the ending of the story, stop right here. But this is the end um, of the story. So the plan backfires. It all backfires because Juan and Unsung end up really working together. And they pull the employees of the company um, to speak up about wanting his grandmother to stay the president. And that helps her be, you know, the board, basically. And it makes Unsung realize that she <laughs> could never be who our grandmother has been for that company. And she fights to reject any offer to work for the company after that. She has other goals before this even all happened, before her father, quote unquote, died, before she lost her brother. She had things that she wanted to do. She wanted to be in, study culinary, you know, design, I believe, something like that. And so she wants to do that again. So she tells the grandmother, like, I know you need someone to take over this company, but I don't trust me. I don't think I could ever feel the way that you feel about this company because that's just not my dream. You know, that's yours. That's your legacy. But I think there's somewhere else that you, someone else you can trust in the company to do this. If you can't trust your grandson, you know, all of that. And she finally convinces grandmother to remove her from being the one to inherit her company. And the grandmother does it reluctantly. She really does. She's like, "Are you sure? Are you should." Sure? And then she's like, "You don't even want to work for my company anymore." She's like, "You don't want to work at the right." Like she's like, "I can give you this." I'm... And she's like, "Nope, I'm good. I got other things I want to do." And so, it, and the thing that she really wants to do is to kind of study abroad again, and to be with her brother abroad and they end up finding her brother cuz again he was right underneath her nose the entire drama yet we don't get them reunited until like the final two episodes um, and it's you know it's a great re- reunion cuz it's very simple it's just Juan being like I think I know this kid he's he's always at the bar, my my he's always at my friend's bar working at the piano he stays with my friend like literally and he just pulls him and finds him and 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 well he didn't it takes him a little bit to find him but he finds him and they had bond, bonded already they had formed their own relationship so that was always really wonderful to watch but he pulls him and he's like here he is and so you know she's like i want to go you know take my brother to america i want to do all this and that's what she really wants But of course, that's not what Juan wants to hear because, you know, he's like, I want to try, I want us to be a thing and I want to to be a couple with you. And he, and though he feels that way, and after knowing his grandmother's diagnosis, he realized that he doesn't want to leave his grandmother. He doesn't because she gives him the go. She's like, actually, if you want to go to study abroad with her, I officially release you from ever having to take over my company. Like, you don't have to do it if you don't want to. Like, I promise you can go back and study abroad. And he rejects that, too, because he's like, I want to stay with my grandmother to build beautiful memories with her before she starts to lose her memories. Like, he says that, I'm getting emotional. it's so sweet. Um, and he even says, like, I want to replace the bad ones that she has of him, you know, so that she can forget those first and she can just kind of have the the longest lasting memories being the ones that are good of him. And I just thought that was so special and so sweet. (laughs) So they both kind of decide, like what's best for themselves, right? She's like, I think I need to go back abroad with my, my brother like I had always planned on doing. And he's like, I think I need to stay here and and actually be with my grandmother um, as she deals with what she's dealing with. I wanna be here for her. Um, and then Unsung tells Juan to wait for her. It's <laughs> so cute. She's like, you can wait for me, can't you? She's like, just wait, just wait for me. And she tells him she loves him. And that she she just wants him to wait. And so he takes it as, I can do that. He's like, I can do that. I can wait. And that's the end of the drama, Shining Inheritance or Brilliant Legacy. And yeah, like, yeah. Let me talk about my favorite parts of this drama. So before I go into, I was going to say some other things, but this drama is very well directed. It is beautifully acted and it has a very, clean script. I truly appreciate what the story actually discusses. And it's that the love of money is the root of all evil. <laughs> it really is. Um, it does this in a very wholesome way too, without people actually being murdered or dying. You know, like there's no real death in this. And I, I and I think that was refreshing for me to watch that in this day and age with K dramas. I feel like everybody's every story starts with a murder, and so that was really refreshing. Um, I mean, there were there was some violence. There was a lot of you know there's some punches and some slaps. Um, come on, it's it's older K-drama. What can we expect? We don't have that as much these days, but, you know, back in the day, there were slaps and punches all over the place. So, you know, that aside, I think there was something wholesome about the way that they handled such a topic about, you know, just the evil of people and how people can become evil. And I liked that. I really, really liked how they explored that. I think that's my favorite part, and I think that's what I loved about it originally was that it felt like a story that you learned from. Right? Um, it's like, what not to do, right? Don't, don't be a horrible person. And I think there's even a part in the drama where I think it's the grandmother who says like, oh no, it's not the grandmother. It's the father. It's Eun Sung's father who says to her, like he's learned throughout what he has done and everything. He's like, just don't do things that you know you're going to regret. He's <laughs> like, just don't live a life that you're going to regret, you know? And I love that as well. So I really think that this story is just at its core is wholesome, it's just so wholesome. It's such a family drama vibe. You're supposed to get something from it. You're supposed to learn something from it. You're supposed to, um, you know, become a better person, I think, after watching it. I think I did. I think I did back in 2009. I think I did again with the rewatch. So definitely um, my favorite aspect of this drama. The My least favorite part are parts of this drama... I would say maybe because the story starts with these very dramatic soap opera-like happenings, like the father dying and an explosion, the grandmother falling into Eun Sung's lap and having temporary amnesia, and then the younger brother Eun Woo being abandoned, and as soon as they find him, uh, almost find him, you know, he ends up running away again, back in Seoul, so close and under her nose, you know, all of that, you know, was, that could be the, my least favorite. But... All of that was still handled with such care and respect by like the writing itself that it was, it was just not treated as something that was happening for shock value. And it felt like it actually had its purpose and meaning in the story. So it was hard for me not to suspend my disbelief and those things happened. Um, and that's really hard to do, I think, in a story. like. It's it's really hard to do, especially for a drama where I'm rewatching it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's hard for me to like. I can obviously be like, oh yeah, this thing again. But no, even in a rewatch, I felt like I was still convinced enough to be like, you know what? That could happen. That totally could happen, right? Totally. Um, so I have to applaud that, just as much as I can see it being unfavorable to some degree, if that makes sense. You know, as much as I can see that being a least favorite aspect of the story, these these dramatic. You know soap opera happenings. I still feel like the way that the drama handled them is is very well done, and you have to applaud them for that. So wonderful. As much as it's my least favorite, is also another kind of just like nod to how good it is. (laughs) So would I recommend this drama? Now that I've rewatched it in 2024, a drama from 2009, family weekend drama. Yes. Yes, I would. And I think I would recommend it to people who enjoy that genre already and who have not seen it. Right. You know, because um, I feel like that's not everyone likes that. And I will also recommend it to people, like I said earlier, who can't get down a 50 episode weekend drama, but they could probably do a 28 one. You know, this is a perfect one for you. If you feel like you want to watch a family style drama, that would be, you know, not too much of a commitment as a 50 episode one. I think this one would be a really good one to do. Yeah, i also think people who don't need romance, who like a good kind of like wholesome, heartfelt, you know, story, who like a little bit of like, you know, you know, like gas moments, a little dramatic moments, a lot of kind of like, tit for tat with our characters like this actually would be good for people who enjoy that in general so i do think it's something i would recommend still um and then like i always ask in these episodes at the end did i like the trauma after rewatching it again um and is there merit in watching it again or watching it for the first time if you've never watched it you know in this day and age is it worth it to watch it um And I would say I loved this drama when I first watched it while it was airing. I loved it. And I have to say, I still find have so much love in my heart for this drama. Did I love it as much as I watched it when I watched it the first time? No. And I think it's because I obviously know all the twists and turns. um, So it just wasn't as enjoyable as the first time. But I still see so much merit in watching this drama, even in this day and age. Like I said, I think it does something that... I mean, I don't know. I don't watch many weekend family dramas these days, so I can't speak on how they're, you know, doing these days. But... I mean, for it to be twenty-eight episodes and less of a commitment, and for it to have those same values and drills home some of those kind of core things that makes you feel wholesome. You know, like I can't, I can't say that there's not merit in that. Like sometimes you need a story like that, and I think the real merit comes into our characters and the the, the way that they develop them and the performances. I mean, like I was saying earlier about the Sunmi character, like the way her character. Went full circle for me was just like, mwah, mwah. they don't do it like that anymore. Mwah. Um, <laughs> and then June Say, played by Suben even how I said his character on paper seems very flat to me, as in like it doesn't have much up and down, it doesn't have much movement and the in growth for this character, but. The way that Su-bin performed this character, I still loved it. I still love that character because of it. He was great, okay? Like, he made a character that was plain on paper really stand out for me. Um, so definitely things like that. But then performance again, with our lovely Han hjil as our lead, I mean, some of the scenes, you're just like, oh! You know, like the way she has, what she has to deal with some of the moments when she's breaking down, just beautiful, beautifully done. Um, and she's still absolutely gorgeous to look at. And then, like I said, our little romance that isn't really at all throughout this drama. I mean, it's just like the final episodes. We really get that. Um, those two, their their interactions throughout the drama, you really do like them. They're very sweet. Like I said, wholesome, cute moments. Um, there's nothing too horrible that happens with um their, their situation as far as like you hating him or her you know they, they do great together as far as the way that they end up and so I really liked I really I really liked this drama I really did I still enjoyed it I think even though it was a rewatch and I had seen all the plot twists and turns I still liked it um, and like I said our stepmother and this is something I didn't say but I wanted to say about the stepmother character and how she was evil to the character's core she there was no redeeming qualities about her throughout this drama however you can't find yourself actually hating her as much as you're annoyed by her and you're frustrated by her i never hated her and i think that's because the way that she is portrayed is that of a mother at its kind of most rawest form like in the jungle kind of way, you know? Like, I don't have the time to hear your side of things. I don't need to understand what what you need in this situation. All I know is my baby girl, she wants something and she can't get it, so I'm gonna go get it for her. And that to me, I could not really be mad at. <laughs> and then the backstory that they do give us about her and her daughter's situation prior to marrying Unsung's Sung's father. All of that was layered too. So, I mean, it was really well done in the end when you really thought about it. I was really impressed. I'm going to be honest. Like, as much as you think you're supposed to hate this woman and you, I mean, you, I think you're supposed to hate her to some degree, but you never can fully get there with her. Never can get there with her. So even the ending, the how the story ends for her, it ends perfectly for her. And you're like, yep, that's what I expected. And one of my favorite scenes in this drama is her scene with, with Mi at the very end. Um, I'm not going to disclose it because who's to no. know? You might want to see it. But it's one of my favorite scenes because I tell you, I I felt so much watching it. And I just thought the performance was amazing. But the way they did it, I was just, I was heartbroken. I was, I was hurting and I didn't think I would hurt for her and her daughter. I didn't think I would. So just... Great job. Great job. Great job. So I am done here. I'm done here, guys. I'm done. I'm so glad I got to rewatch this from. Like I said, there's so much there. It's a long one, but it was a good ride. It was a good ride back in 2009, and it was a good ride again in 2024. Again, definitely have elements of its time, so you know if you're going to watch this for the first time brace yourself for that but it was still great it was still great a second time around so i am so excited so we're not going in sequence as you can see i've kind of been hopping around the year so i might have something a little bit older than this next time or not we don't know we'll see but i was just happy to go back to 2009 because that was a good year for me in drama. so um just going back to this drama in itself was a um, it took me back to that time in 2009. I really enjoyed that time. So that was, it was nice just for that nostalgia as well. But that's it, guys. That's all. That's it for this episode. I want to thank you so much for listening. And whether you're listening in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening, I hope you have a great day. It's been real, everyone. Lula's off.